I'd like to read a handful of verses from the Gospel of John. And so if you have that handy, I'd encourage you to turn to John 17. And I want to read together the first five verses of this chapter. The entirety of chapter 17 is a long prayer that Jesus offered at the Last Supper on the night of His trial and His crucifixion. But before we eat this morning, I just want to focus on these first five verses. When Jesus had spoken these words, He lifted up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Your Son, that the Son may glorify You, since You have given Him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom You have given Him. And this is eternal life, that they know You, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom You have sent. I glorified You on earth, having accomplished the work that You gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in Your own presence, with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. The moment has come. At long last, Jesus is, is right here, where He is fully committed to finishing the grand, eternal purpose that God had, set, had sent Him to earth to accomplish. His hour has come. And when he prays, I think it's interesting that in those handful of verses right there, he's thinking a lot about glory, about his own glory and about the Father's glory. And so that's what I want us to be thinking about this morning as we eat the supper. First, I want you to see in this the glory of Jesus before becoming human. You see that in the very last phrase that we read, right, in verse 5 where he talks about, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. That is a reminder to me of how much Jesus gave up to become human like us. I know that you're a good Bible student, so you remember the passage where Jesus and three of the apostles go up on a mountain alone, and he is transfigured before them. And they see him essentially as he would be seen in his heavenly existence. They see him glowing white, shining with the light of God and the perfection of divinity. And that's what he gave up. He gave up that kind of splendor and glory and that, not only that appearance, but everything that that appearance communicates. The perfection and the holiness and the splendor and the power. He gave that up to be born of a woman and to be ridiculed by the Jews, and to be spat upon and hated and ultimately crucified. Communion, brothers and sisters, reminds us of both of those realities. We remember that Jesus was a man and that He was willing to die, and that's why we proclaim the Lord's death until He comes, as 1 Corinthians tells us. And beyond that, we remember that God glorified Him through what He suffered, so that he was restored to His full heavenly glory. Glorify Your Son in Your own presence with the glory that I had with You before the world existed. So my question for you is, can you picture Jesus like that? Can you imagine the shining face and body of God? Can you imagine that belonging to our friend and Savior? Can you remember and honor the glory that Jesus had before the world began. But then that begs the question, why would He give that up? Especially 
Why would he give that up and willingly die on a cross when it was such an awful thing? And that's the second aspect of glory here is that he did it for the glory of God. The basis for everything that Jesus says that he came to earth to accomplish, everything that he was, that he was about was the glory of God. Look again at what he says in verse 4. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And then just up from that, look at the motivation for his wanting to be glorified by God. Look at verse 1. Glorify your son. Why? So that the son may glorify you. Now this is a deep idea that I'm about to throw out here and we'll hopefully have some time to explore it in the future. But let me just say as a general statement that the glory of God is the entire reason for humanity's existence. Now again, deep well of thought right there, okay? So we're not going deep into it right now. But the glory of God is the entire reason for humanity's existence. And Jesus, in becoming the perfect example of humanity, glorified God better than anyone ever else has or could. He gave glory to God in everything, not giving glory to himself, but focused entirely on God. And that's one of those concepts that for me just gets better and better as I understand it. I, as I understand it more and as I get older, I, um, I have, you know, I, I think I've wrapped my mind around that idea of what the glory of God is about until I see my own arrogance. And once I see my own pride at work in my life, I realize just how far apart Jesus and I are. That his entire existence was humbly devoted to the glory of God. And mine is so often devoted to my own glory. But that's what we should see when we look to the cross. That Jesus was so humble that the first request that would escape his lips when he prayed before his death was, Father, I pray that what I go through tonight gives glory to you. No one ever spoke like this man. And God was glorified by Jesus hanging on the cross. And that leaves us one more glory to consider in this passage, in these first five verses of John 17. And that is the brilliant glory of God as he hung on the cross. This is one of the gospel's paradoxes. You know, when Jesus prays, Father, glorify me. And how's he going to do it? By letting him hang on a cross. This is one of the gospel's paradoxes where it seems like two things would be contradictory to each other. They could never work together. And yet God has somehow perfectly fitted them together to teach us something about himself. That here's Jesus in knowing all things. He is fully aware of how they will put him, how they will lift him up just the morning after they praise, he prays this. He's fully aware of what's going to happen the next day. He's not going to be lifted up on a throne He's going to be lifted up on a cross. And he knows that the crowds that surround him are not going to be calling out praise and honor to his name. They're going to be shouting, crucify him. And he knows that he won't be clothed in a fine robe. He's going to be stripped of his tunic and left exposed and bloodied. And his skin won't be the shining, brilliant, white glory that the apostles saw at the transfiguration 
it's going to be bruised and lacerated and probably fairly pale because he's lost so much blood. And there won't be any voice on this occasion coming from heaven saying, This is my beloved son to exalt him in the minds of those around him. There are going to be a crowd of people standing there going, He saved others, but he can't save himself. It's weird, right? Because it doesn't look like a picture of glory. It doesn't look like a picture of of, of brilliance and wonder and splendor and holiness and perfection. It just looks tragic. And yet for those with the faith to see it, it is the picture of God's glory. For those with the faith to see what's really happening here, God's truest glory is not in His shining face and His eminence of power. It's in Jesus' willingness to serve God and to love His own, us, to love us to the end. The glory of Jesus is seen on the cross, but only for those who have the faith to see it. So that when we look at the cross, it does look like an exalted throne. And when we look to the cross, we can hear the faithful ones whose hearts serve God praising Jesus' name for saving us from death. And when we look to the cross, we can see His bloodied, exposed body clothed in the meekness and righteousness and yes, the brilliant glory of God. And when we look to the cross... We don't see just the pale, bruised, lacerated skin. We see the bright glory of God shining from the cross as He willingly gives up His life for us. You know those illustrations you see where somebody will, like, they'll, they'll, you know, do like a graphic design where there's the cross and there's bright light shining from it. And I, and I, I think to some of us, we, we look at that and we go, that's not what it was like. But, but that is what it was like. It's not that, and it is that, at the same time. Yes, it's tragic, but for those with the faith to see it, the light of God shines from the cross as the sacrifice is made to save all of us. So can you picture that in your mind as we eat this morning? Can you picture the brilliant white light that emanates from Jesus' true glory, the glory of love so strong that it would motivate God Himself to be a servant to us. Our Lord said, The hour has come. Glorify your servant. And the Father answered that prayer by lifting Him up on a cross for us. It's a weird mix, isn't it? It's a strange mix of emotions and ideas and teachings all coming together. But this morning as we eat, that's what we proclaim. We proclaim the Lord's death. And we remember that in that death, God revealed His truest glory, the glory of His love. And so eat and be thankful and joyful that God, through the death of Jesus, has saved us from sin and made us alive together with Christ.